Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back, and as always, thanks for listening. So to ramp up, encourage, bolster, make stronger, however you want to phrase it, everyone who's listening, let's let's look at two different words. Now, these are church words, okay? These are the theological words that I usually try to stay away from, but these are pretty important. So, each one of them has to do with a process that's going on, a very important process. Now, the first one is actually a, uh, a phrase... And it's a theological phrase, and it's a principle, all right? And it's one I, I believe in a lot, I mean, very much so, because I believe that it meets you where you are. And the phrase, the phrase is progressive revelation. You may have heard that before, but let's look at that for a second. Progressive revelation in its simplicity, in the easiest way that I can think of, is this. No matter where you are, God will reach out to you and reveal to you as much as your heart is in it with him. And I, now, let me rewind that, okay? Wherever you're at in this, in this life, God wants to reveal more of himself to you. Now, um, immediately... People who understand, who think about theology, are thinking, "Oh no, he's going off into something weird." No, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me look at it this way. So, here's why this is so important. Number one, this is what God does with lost people. All right, this is what God does when someone is totally lost, and I mean, they could be a drug-using bank robber in a gang. I mean, it doesn't matter how horrific the background of the individual is. No matter how used up, no matter how evil they've been in the past, the moment you begin to have a positive approach to God, he begins reaching for you and showing you things. Now, 
What is the ultimate goal of that? Well, you'll notice a lot of people see things in nature, and they'll say, wow, you know, I mean, I saw this saw this night sky, and it was just fantastic, or I was out in the woods, and it was fantastic, or, you know, I was on a street corner, and I noticed uh, some flowers in the box or something. Sometimes God reaches out through nature. Sometimes, sometimes it's an event where you see someone you wouldn't expect do something really, really sweet for somebody else really nice for somebody else. Let's say there's this little old lady and she's trying to cross the street and she's on a walker and the walker's getting caught on the rocks and she's the cars are honking and and all of a sudden a biker guy shaved head, all kinds of jewelry, big beard, big burly everything and he walks out there and he helps this little lady across the street. And that's it. I mean, you know, you see something like that. That is God. <laughs> because that's God reaching out. Now, um, it's interesting. In the book Experiencing God, Blackerby, the author, one thing he says in that book that I just will not forget is he says if you want to know where God is go where people are talking about him good bad whatever go where people are talking about him because he said people don't talk about God they don't do good things without God's touch all right now here's here's what happens they may someone may see God in nature, okay, and then all of a sudden someone will, will approach them and then maybe they'll see a church sign. Alright? That's God spinning the wheels. And maybe they have somebody that does something nice for them who's got a church, you know, a cross or something of that nature. And the, and these ideas, okay, I mean it that's God moving towards that person. Now, here's the thing. God can only, God doesn't force people to love him, to serve him, to choose life. God does not force you to do it. And he moves as fast as you will let him move in the spirit, for real. Now, eventually, this person is going to come to know Jesus or at least get the gospel message to them, and somebody will say, Have you met the Savior of the world, Jesus? And then, but it doesn't stop there. Progressive revelation does not stop there, because, and if it does, something's wrong. Because once you get saved, once... Once you become a believer, once you're a follower of the living God through Jesus, at that point, you're supposed to be learning more. And by all means, it ought to be faster in some ways. God still teaches in uh, very specific ways. Now, 
the other word, here's the second churchy word, is sanctification. All right. Now, salvation is an event. That's when you come to know Jesus. And some people say, I don't want to know Jesus. And that's their choice also. Because again, God's not going to force you to choose life. He's not going to do it. It's our choice. Now, once someone accepts Jesus and is transformed, okay, it says you're transformed into a new, crea- new creation on the inside, right? Because the body, unfortunately, is still tied to this planet. And as much as I wish it was different, this planet's got a lot of bad jazz going on. And this body's going to stay here, and we'll get a new body later. But here's the thing. Sanctification is a process of becoming more holy. It's it's becoming more sanctified. And sanctified is, it sounds like such a horrible churchy word. Ooh, sanctified. He get. I don't want to see anybody sanctified. Those are stuck-up, snotty little farts. No, 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 no. Well, look, it's, it's just a process. Sancti- sanctified means set apart, which is akin to being holy, because that's what kind of holiness is, is being set apart in the world, not of it. But it's a process of becoming more and more holy. We do that through prayer, Bible study, outreach, and all of these things together turn into worship when we get into a church and a church and we do this prayer Bible study and outreach in our homes and in our churches and in our works and, and, and we learn to make the whole thing a worship experience. Because again, worship isn't at a location. Worship is a state. Because it's glorifying God. Now, Sanctification is also a process. It happens as fast as it can with our participation because God is not going to force us to be um, sanctified any faster. You know, he's not there snapping his fingers and, and have a holy whip, banging you, you know, beating you on the back with it. Hurry up, hurry up. You know, quit that, quit that, quit that. But it, it's, a, it's a process. And, by the way, there is a discipline situation because if you screw up, yes, God has discipline there. But the discipline is to encourage us to make better decisions. The better decisions we make... How do you make better decisions? Studying God's Word. You study God's Word, you know how to make better decisions and what God considers a better decision. That's why Bible study is so important. And I don't mean buying a magazine where you're reading the devotional. That's great. And reading your Bible every day. That's 
awesome. But you need to dig in there yourself. So, I mean, I learned years ago in computer science, believe it or not, uh, my Bachelor of Science degree had a computer science element part of it. So here's the thing. And they taught us some coding. Well, coding's got to be done pretty specific way. You don't get to just type a bunch of jazz in there and then hit run and then everything works great. Doesn't work that way. It's got to be in there. In a, in a certain pattern. Because that's what makes sense to the system. In many ways, the Bible is our programming. It is our programming. And that means you can't just grab something here and there and there and there and then throw it in, in, in the program and then type it all in and then hit run and expect it to work. You need to have a focused approach and it needs to be based on the Bible. So, you know, how do you do that? There are lesson guides out there that you can get. And I'm all for that. But you know something else? If you have a study Bible, read the notes. This is going to sound really silly, but I'm but I'm totally serious. One of the things that really helped me was when I was younger. I won't talk about how long that was. But here's the thing. Was when I got a Ryrie study Bible and I read through that reading the notes as I went. And I wasn't worried about how much or how fast or any of this jazz. I was just reading the notes. Now, am I endorsing the Ryrie? They don't know I'm, I'm... mentioning them, so I'm just saying that is one example. I've also did the Open Bible, the NIV Study Bible. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. The Archaeology Study Bible. Listen, there are thousands of them. Here's the main thing. Find yourself a really grassroots, strong-based study Bible and read through it and read the notes. Now, the one I'm talking about is actually a commentary Bible where you have either a group of people making notes in the bottom or one person. Ryrie Study Bible is obviously from Ryrie, Charles Ryrie, and he put that on there. But Schofield, same thing. Schofield, you got Schofield's notes at the bottom. NIV Study Bible, it's a little different. You got a group. You got a group doing the notes in the bottom. Main thing is, is read through a book and then pick another book and read through it and just go through the, the notes and you, and, and you will learn and you will feed your soul. And I guarantee you, it, when you come out the other side of that, you're going to feel different in a good way. Now, the temptation, and you'll find you'll find this kind of crazy, actually. But but the temptation is getting caught in not wanting to stop. And believe me, 
you know, if it's a weekend or something, you don't have work or, or any other stuff, man, just go for it. Otherwise, pick a time, pick a time every day and just read a section. But pick a book. You now you can start with the Old Testament and go back and forth and back and forth. I mean, the Old Testament, I think, is about about uh, three-fourths larger than the New Testament. So, you know, you might do two books there and one book in the New Testament, two books there and one book. But here's the thing. The main thing is, is that you do it so that you can, you can study, you can learn. And you know what you'll find out? You want to know more. God, through the Holy Spirit, will make a Bible student out of you. And you'll think, that's nuts, but it's true. Why is that? Because, once again, the process of, of revelation, okay, progressive revelation, is that God is teaching you more and more and more and more. And the more you learn, the more you live, the more you live, the closer you get to what God wants you to be. And then you'll find out that God starts, you start hearing him. God's always talking to us. We don't always hear it. You will start hearing God in your heart a lot more specifically. It, it amazes me when I run into stories of people, you know, I just want to know the will of God. I just want to know the will of God for my life. I just need the will of God for my life. But then, have they read the Bible? Have, are, they, are they praying? Are they studying? Are they, are they reaching out to other people? Are they doing these things? Because until we do what God has set us to do, that we know God wants us to do, until you do that, why does God need to move you further down the road? He doesn't. Because you're not ready. You totally have to be ready. God moves you along as you're ready. So, with that process, you're going to find something else happens. And this is going to just blow your mind. The more that happens, the more progressive revelation God unveils in your life, the more sanctification, the more sanctified you get, the more God's going to talk to you. Through His Word, through His servants, through your heart, through your prayer life, and you're going to do something really crazy. Listen to this. You're going to get mature. Whoa. You're going to get mature. And when you get mature, you're going to be stronger. The beauty of spiritual strength is is that it's reversed from physical strength. And unfortunately when we're you know, physical strength, when you're young, man, you can get all muscled and poof, 
you know, and then as you get older, kind of, kind of goes downhill a bit. Spiritual strength, just the opposite. You start, you're kind of, mm, kind of weak, kind of weak, and then, whoa, you build up, and then you just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And who knows? Maybe you'll get the part the Red Sea one day. I don't know. Be pretty cool, huh? So, with that thought in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.